0: Is it stress and trauma that causes autoimmune disease? After our interview with Dr Gabor Marte back in March, we decided to ask an autoimmune expert about the link. I spoke with Elisa Dienick, Associate Professor of Immunology at the University of New South Wales, and I started by asking her about the evidence.
1: There are some studies that have uh, tried to look at this and look at the effect of uh, stress and trauma on autoimmune disease. Uh, these are kind of largely observational or retrospective studies, where you kind of, you look back and you say, oh, did that person have stress? And, you know, did the people with stress develop more? Um, So in these kind of things, there's a lot of confounding factors and you can't be entirely sure that the stress caused it or whether it's just kind of associated. So some of those studies, though, do show slightly increased rates of autoimmunity in people who were stressed. But even if we kind of take the the strongest data, it's kind of maybe 1.3, you know, if you had stress, a stress disorder or extreme trauma, maybe you've got 1.3 times the, the risk of kind of one of these diseases. And if you compare that to other things where we know, you know, that there's a cause and effect, for example, being smoking and lung cancer, with that you're talking, you know, maybe 15 to 30 times the risk of smoking with lung cancer. So we're talking actually a relatively small change in risk. Hmm. But we do know that stress has an impact, uh, has many impacts on our body. You know, you get release of things like cortisol, Uh, when we're stressed, which impacts the immune system um, in different ways. So it is possible that with further research we'll find some links uh, between these things.
0: What do we know for sure about the factors that can contribute to someone's chances of developing an autoimmune disease, Alyssa? I mean, as you say, it's it's a complex system that we're looking at.
1: Yeah. So we know that the risk of autoimmune disease is kind of a mix of uh, genetics and environment. Uh, So... You know, we in uh, we see kind of often in families that there's a higher um, rate of um, autoimmunity in some families than others. And people have done kind of studies of uh, the genome to look for kind of genes that increase your risk of particularly autoimmune disease. So we know that there is a genetic component. But then, of course, not everybody with those genes ends up with autoimmunity. So there's clearly environmental factors as well. So there can be things like... Um, infections that can drive things. Um, there are some interesting kind of stats about, you know, so things like MS. Which latitude you live at? So if you live, you know, f- closer to the poles, you have high There are higher rates of MS amongst those people than people who live quite closer to the equator. Wow, that is a bizarre
0: idea, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it is. So <laughs> the know, rates you're in Tasmania. Patient are higher than in northern Queensland.
0: I, is that about yeah.
1: temperature? Or, you know, potentially, um, you know, UV exposure. I mean, there are also potentially, you know, a whole lot of other in- difference environmentally. You know, maybe they eat different food. <laughs>
0: well, I understand but, yeah. that
1: gut health is a, a potentially a factor. What do we know about that? Yeah. So, I mean, particularly when you're thinking about um, some of the autoimmune diseases that affect the guts so inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, then it makes sense that, you know, if you've got a kind of dysregulation of your gut that can potentially um, drive those kind of things. So changes in kind of that bacteria or the viruses that you have living in your gut, because each of us kind of has like a normal kind of bacterial flora that lives in our gut. And so there's some uh, research that shows that in people who have uh, autoimmune diseases, there are changes in kind of the composition of the bacteria in their gut. And that may do things like kind of increase the general level of inflammation and the general activation of your immune system, uh, leading to kind of more risk of it uh, kind of getting out of control and responding to the wrong things. More
0: women than men develop autoimmune diseases. I understand too. Do we know why that is?
1: Yeah. Again, we're still we're still not entirely sure. So um, it also depends on which autoimmune disease you're talking about. So if you look at things like lupus or you know MS, we see a clear you know much higher rates of women with those diseases than men. But there are some other ones where it's a bit more equal. So uh, kind of the hypothesis is that it's a combination of things like differences in hormones, but also kind of genetic differences. Because of of course women have two X chromosomes, men have an X and a Y. So there may be kind of genes on the X or Y chromosome that are also impacting kind of the risk of uh, autoimmunity and kind of how activated your immune system is.
0: Now, Alyssa, Dienic, I know you're a researcher, not a clinician, but for people living with an autoimmune disease, how much hope is there in the research that's happening lately that we'll be able to develop new treatments and better diagnoses?
1: Yeah, Uh, look, I think in the coming years, there is a lot of hope. Um, One of the big problems with uh, things like autoimmunity, but immune kind of health in general, is that actually we don't have really good ways of kind of measuring it, like the kind of the test that you get when you, you know, go to your doctor that look at your immune system, kind of are, are, are pretty blunt in terms of telling us what's wrong with it. So there's really a move within kind of immunology research to kind of find better ways of identifying each individual or what's wrong with your immune system. Is it healthy or actually does it have some problems? And, um, that will mean that people can get like faster diagnosis. And also hopefully it will mean that we can get kind of better, more targeted treatments for people. Because One of the things with autoimmune disease is because, you know, years ago when we started detecting them, we didn't really understand the drivers of it. So they were Mm -hmm. largely diagnosed based on what organ they attacked, kind of what your symptoms were. But, of course, you might have someone who has the same end symptoms that, you know, my immune system attacking my joints or my connective tissue. But two people with that same outcome might actually have completely different drivers that are causing their immune system to go wrong and cause that damage. And so really there's a lot of research going on at the moment to say, actually, can we work out what the driver is, not what they're. The mm. end effect is at the end. So, like, you know, it's good if we can treat that, but even better if we can get back at the start where things are going wrong, then we can have uh, treatments that are more targeted and have less side effects because anyone who uh, has autoimmunity and is on treatment will probably know that most of the drugs that we currently use – pretty much a non-specifically suppressed immune system, which yeah, isn't the that best can way be. to go. You want to hit, you know, just the bit that's causing a problem for your disease and leave the bit that fights infection untouched.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's a big problem for people. Alyssa Dienick, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Alyssa is an Associate Professor of Immunology at the University of New South Wales, and she co-leads the Precision Immunology Program at the Garvin Institute. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.